Seat at the Nebraska Table is a program of the Nebraska Civic Engagement Table. As a nonpartisan nonprofit, we do not endorse political parties or candidates, but do take positions on issues. We provide Nebraskans with the information they need to make informed decisions and stay engaged in their communities. To learn more, visit our website at nebraskatable.org. This is Seat at the Nebraska Table. I'm Karina Hernandez. Welcome to this episode of Seat at the Nebraska Table. Joining us today is Heather Engdahl and Becky Gaston-Wise. For these midterm elections, voters will choose candidates to represent us in all local offices, the state legislature, and in the U.S. Congress. The primary election is coming up on May 10th, and the general election is happening on November 8th. Today, we're going to help you make a plan to be ready to cast your vote. Let me introduce you to our guests. Uh, Heather Ingdahl is a voting rights field manager for Civic Nebraska. She oversees the creation and implementation of educational, promotional, and actionable campaigns. Heather has managed campaigns to increase participation and representation in the 2020 census and subsequent elections. Civic Nebraska focuses on three main program areas, youth, civic leadership, civic health programs, and voting rights initiatives. Becky Gaston-Wise is the Lancaster Deputy Election Commissioner. She previously worked as a paralegal with the Lancaster County Attorney's Office and has also served as an Election Day poll worker for the Election Commissioner's Office. Heather, Becky, thank you so much for being here. Well, to prepare a voting plan, you need to know what to do before you vote and then plan how you will vote. Let's start with the basics. Becky, what do I need to be eligible to vote? You must be a U.S. citizen, and you must be at least 18 by the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, which is November 8th, which is also the day of the general election. Heather, there are three ways to register to vote, online, on paper, or in person. Can you tell us how we can register through each method? Absolutely. So online, um, you will need a driver's license or state ID to use that method, but it is a really convenient online portal, very user-friendly, takes you step-by-step through each section of voter registration. Um, I highly recommend that because you can complete that on your own time from the convenience of your own home. Um, Registering to vote on paper, um, you can do this if you happen to not have a state ID or driver's license, you can use um, the last four of your social security number. So that's really nice for people in that scenario. Um, You'll fill out the form in its entirety, making sure to read it very carefully for all of the instructions and specifics. And then you'll sign at the bottom that everything you're providing, all the information is um, true, accurate, and that you are eligible to register to vote. Um, With that paper form, you can mail it to your county election office Or you can hand deliver it to a Dropbox or to the office itself, which is where the Dropbox is. Um, And then finally, registering to vote in person um, is a really great option because you can go into the county election office and have the assistance of um, the staff there to make sure that um, you complete that process with them and are registered to vote. Yeah, I like registering folks my friends online because it's just so easy but yeah if you don't have an id make sure that to do it on paper um and heather i'll follow up with you so i'm all registered to vote 
how do I find uh, information about candidates? Great question. Um, so you have a couple options. Um, number one, you might talk more about this, but vote411.org I highly recommend. Um, the League of Women Voters does a great job of asking questions of the candidates and laying it all out in, of course, a nonpartisan manner. Um, and then I would also recommend you can look up um, your sample ballot um, in a couple different ways. So I know that the Secretary of State's office provides sample ballots, but you can also use ballotpedia.org. And I actually really like that tool. Um, it lays out everything that you can expect on your ballot based on your address, your districts, et cetera. Um, and so that gives you an idea of the names of the people. And then also I, I recommend um, Googling um, and just talking to friends, family, um, and just getting to know the candidates and, and what they stand for, what their, their platforms that they're running on, um, but also maybe their experience, their previous offices held, um, if they've been in the Senate, uh, um, excuse me, the state legislature, uh, maybe the way that they voted on things, and, and just really exploring all of these different avenues. Yeah, definitely. I know Civic Nebraska also does uh, decoding the ballot. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. I highly recommend decoding the ballot. It doesn't list the candidates or the names of candidates at all, but it really breaks down the offices, um, responsibilities and duties of the offices, terms, um, salary levels, and all of those pieces um, that are otherwise sometimes hard to find. Um, some of that information isn't just always publicly available, readily available, I should say. Um, and so using decoding the ballot, um, hopefully you can decode your ballot. You can break it down so that um, some of the names of offices might sound new to, to voters. Um, you can really read into what that office does um, and get a better understanding of those duties to then consider the candidates that are up for that office so you can really make your own decision of how how well you think they'll do in that office. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I was going to cover vote411.org, so make sure to check that out when you're looking for candidates. Um, the voter registration deadlines um, this year are April 22nd to register online or by paper, and you can either send that by mail or drop it off. And May 2nd, if you want to do it in person at your county election offices. For the general... It is October 21st to register to vote online or by paper, either, again, by mail or Dropbox, and October 28th in person at your county election offices. Okay, well, now that you're all registered and informed, you'll want to make sure um, to make your voting plan. So these are some of the questions you should consider and answer while creating your, uh, uh, your plan to vote. The first question is, what method will you use? There are three. So you can request a mail-in ballot. You can go early in person to vote. Or you can go to your polling place on election day. Becky, I'll start with you. Can you take me through the process of how do I actually vote by mail? Sure. Um, you can either go to our website, which is www.lancaster.ne.gov forward slash election. You can print out a request for a vote by mail ballot. Um, we do have to have a signature, so you uh, have to fill out the form and sign it, um, and then send it to our office uh, by uh, mail, by email, by fax. Uh, once we have that, when, then we will send you out a ballot. Uh, you can also call our office and ask to be added to the indefinite absentee list, in which case every election we will send you out a card um, that you can complete in return. 
Yeah, and I think that that's the really cool aspect that came out is that you can actually email it now to your election commissioner's office. Absolutely. As well as make your own, right? You can make your own, yes. Can you take us a little bit through what what that's like? Uh, You need to specify what exactly you're asking for and for what election. And again, you do have to sign and date it. Um, That's an absolute requirement. Yeah, definitely. And then what you'll want to do is I know you'll need to include, you know, your name, your address, um, your mailing address, if that's different, um, and a phone number, right? Yes. Um, It's very uh, helpful if we have phone numbers in case we have to follow up. Um, Sometimes people don't indicate, uh, for instance, if you're nonpartisan and you may accidentally or inadvertently check two boxes or the congressional partisan ballot you want, and we're going to have to contact you some way. So if you have a phone number, that's very helpful. Um, so with voting by mail, it's super convenient. You know, you don't have to leave your house. You can use vote411.org there at your own place and fill it out um, while you're Googling. Um, and if you don't have time to go on election day to your polling place, you can vote early in person. Heather, I'll, I'll have you talk a little bit about What's it like to vote early in person? Yeah, so um, it's actually a really cool experience. You would go to your uh, county election commissioner's office. Um, you would fill out the form similar to requesting a mailed ballot. It's a, a early voting form to re- formally request that your ballot uh, be given to you that day. Um, so in the office, you would fill out that form. Um, the staff would um, provide you with your ballot. Um, you would have a personal space to then fill out your ballot. Um, and it's it's quite similar to voting on Election Day, I would say, um, because you're able to go in, you physically interact, get the ballot, fill it out there, and then return it to the staff or poll worker. Um, in this case, the, the election commissioner's office staff. Um, and then from there, um, you turn it in, and um, we can mention the ballot tracker tool. Um, I really like to bring that up for both voting by mail, voting early at the office, but it allows you to kind of um, track your ballot and make sure that it was accepted. Um, and so one thing I would recommend um, with voting early in the office is that if there there are any places you might have forgotten to, to sign for your ballot or, or any of those things, the staff is there um, to assist you if you need it. Um, and last but not least, you'll always hear that you can go to your polling place. So Becky, I'll ask you, how do I find my polling place? Where should I go to vote? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, everybody can go to uh, the Secretary of State's website. Um, I'll give it to you here. Uh, www.ne.gov forward slash go forward slash voter check. Um, you can look up your polling place. You can look up the status of your ballot, um, your registration information. It's a great source. Yeah, and one of the things that I really like about it is that you can look up your polling place by just plugging in your address. So let's say you just registered to vote right then and there, and um, you know they're still processing your application, then uh, you can check your polling place that same day. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, and I guess I'll go back real quick, Becky. So when I register to vote, how how will I know if that it's actually gone through? Sure, once it's accepted and processed, we send out a card to um, every voter to let them know that it's processed, where their polling place is, uh, what they're registered as, and so on. And you don't need that card to vote. It's just informational, right? Absolutely. It's just Perfect. to let people know. In addition, this year, um, we will be sending out uh, polling place cards um, to everyone. 
um, because of the census and the changes and district lines, just to make it clear for everyone. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, this year especially, um, be looking up your polling place because it might have changed um, from your usual one, but it might not. Right. Yeah. So uh, real quick, I'm going to move into a know your rights fact. Um, so when you go to your polling place, you'll want to stay in line. If you're in line at 8 p.m. Um, Central Time, um, the poll workers must allow you to vote. Um, so Heather, uh, can you talk a little bit more about what should I expect at my polling place? Absolutely. Um, so when you get to your polling place, um, thankfully we don't usually have very long lines um, here at our polling places, so that's great. Usually you can walk right in. Um, the first question you'll be asked um, from the poll worker is for your name and address. Um, they'll locate you in the, they have a book, um, the voter um, roll. There's there's other names. List of registered voters is the List. technical thing, but it's <laughs> that. Yes. Yeah, so that. So um, the poll worker um, has that in front of them. Um, we'll locate you uh, with your name and your address. Um, you will sign um, for your ballot. Um, that is one of the pieces where your signatures are um, compared all the way through, verified that this is you signing for your ballot. Um, from there, um, the next poll worker, the next section of your polling place will provide you your ballot. Um, it, it comes in, to, in a, um, a ballot holder of sorts. Um, uh, to, to remain um, secret. So that's another right you have to um, vote in a secret ballot, uh, yeah. privacy. So you'll receive your ballot. You'll go to a booth. Um, you will hopefully take your time, make your decisions, fill in all of the bubbles um, completely. Um, one thing to note, um, you don't actually sign your ballot itself. Um, your name isn't on the ballot itself, so that's sometimes helpful to mention. Um, so once you complete your ballot in its entirety, um, and you could ask for assistance if you need that at any time, um, the poll workers are there to help, um, you will then go back up to the table and return your ballot in its holder to the poll workers. Um, you'll be able to watch them as they put it into the ballot box, as we call it. Um, so they're officially, you've cast your ballot, it's in the ballot box, um, time to celebrate. Um, hopefully you'll be offered a sticker also that says, I voted today. That's probably my favorite part of voting on election day. And from there, um, you know that your your ballot is secure. It's in the it's in the box, and um, you have completed your your vote. Yeah, that sticker. Got to post your selfie and tell your friends that you voted. And encourage them to vote too. Um, so now that you've picked the method of which you'll vote, another question to consider is what time will you be voting, right? So you can choose, you know, the time if you're going to be, you know, showing up early in person or maybe you pick a time when you know you're going to fill out your mail-in ballot. Um, but if you're uh, voting at the polls, Becky, what times are the polls open? Voters can go to their polls 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, right, so that's central time. Correct. And then mountain time, it's 7 to 7, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. And another know your rights fact is uh, by law, you can take up to two hours off uh, to vote. So you can make sure to work with your employer in advance. Uh, you want to make sure to build enough time into your schedule um, for the day. Uh, we should also consider what do we need, right? Do we need any documents? Do we need an ID to vote? Uh, Heather, can you talk a little bit about that? Is an ID required to vote? No. Thank you for asking. Um, there is no ID required to vote. Um, so, like I said, when you cast your 
ballot, um, you will verify your identity based on your voter registration, which you've already completed to verify your identity, um, with your signatures. And so our election officials um, utilize the signatures on file from your voter registration, from previous um, voting experiences, to make sure that everything is aligned there. Um, so you do not need an ID to vote. You just need to be a registered voter, um, meeting all of those eligibility requirements to register. Right. And I add something? Yes. Just for those first-time registrants who uh, send in their registration by mail, you may be asked to show ID, um, but it is not necessary. If you have a driver's license, that's great, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be a copy of a utility bill or a bank statement or a government check. Those kind of things uh, would be valid ID. Yeah, and that's just if you mail in your uh, voter registration application and your first-time Nebraska registrant. Correct. Yeah. Um, great c clarification on that. But other than that, you don't need an ID to vote. Um, other questions to consider um, while you're creating your plan is, how are you getting there? Do you need a ride? Are you going to carpool? Are you going to go with your best friend? Uh, make sure to consider transportation and weather. And then who else can you bring with you? Are you going with your parents, friends? Um, and again, do you need to take off of work or secure childcare? Those are other questions that you should be considering while making your plan. But now you should be ready to go vote. And after you vote, you'll want to know your rights, right? So um, part of that is making sure that your ballot was accepted. Becky, I know you talked a little bit about this, but... Um, how can we check that our ballot was accepted? Yes, absolutely. I recommend that everybody go to the Secretary of State's website. Uh, I can give it to you again. It's www.ne.gov forward slash go forward slash voter check. And uh, you put your name in and it'll ask you additional information once you get to the next screen. And it will tell you what the status of your ballot is. Great. And Heather, can you talk a little bit about your election protection hotline? Yes, absolutely. So we do have a, hot, a hotline um, for all voters to reach out if you have any voting questions that come up or any issues on election day, um, if you arrive at the wrong polling place maybe, or anything at all, um, we are here to help. Um, so I'm going to share that hotline phone number. It's 402-890-5200. Um, and like I said, we are very excited to help everybody. Um, you can call that number. Um, I believe you can also text. Um, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can um, with a response to your question or anything that comes up for you at all. We really just want to make sure everybody has um, access to exercising their right to vote um, and knowing that sometimes things do come up or questions arise. Um, we want to make sure that we're connecting folks with the resources out there um, and answers to their questions to make sure that they don't have any barriers to exercising that right. Right. So there you go. Now you have all the information uh, to make your voting plan. And it seems like we have a little bit more time. So we're going to get into some special circumstances. Um, Becky, I'll start with you um, on voting while experiencing homelessness. Can I vote while experiencing homelessness? Yes, absolutely. You can. Uh, you can use the Election Commission as your address. Um, and thus where you'll vote, your polling place. So the Election Commission's address is 601 North 46th Street here in Lincoln. Uh, so that's what you'd put on your voter registration. Great. Thank you. 
Um, and this is for both of you, and either of you can answer. So what kind of voting accessibility can I expect at the polls? Sure. So um, polling places are uh, ADA compliant. In addition, um, we do have uh, express vote machines at each of the polling places. Um, so voters who need to use it uh, have that available. Uh, voters can also have assistance from someone uh, if they choose. Uh, so we try to be as accessible as possible. Yeah, and one of the things that I've heard that I really like and um, I know has helped people is the curbside voting. Yes. Can you review that a little? Sure. Um, if voters have a hard time getting to the uh, actually into the building um, to their polling place, they can uh, contact them and get someone from um, one of the judges or clerks such on will come out and bring a ballot and, and the necessary um, list and sign and register. Yeah, and all you have to do is call that phone number and wait in your car and you can vote right there in your car um, if you're not able to go into the building. And um, we've talked a little about eligibility, right? So one of those big pieces is you have to be 18 um, or if you're 17 but will be 18 by election day, um, you can register and vote. So that election day this year is November 8th. So if you have a birthday, um, make sure to get out there and register and vote. Um, and uh, this question comes up a lot when we're talking to college students. Um, and another question that comes up is, uh, where should I register to vote if I'm a college student? So that's really up to you. Um, you have a couple options. So uh, if you are an out-of-state student um, and prefer to vote, in your home community at your home address, um, you do have that option, or you can also register to vote uh, at your college community. Um, and so you would be able to use your residential address. Um, it might be a dorm on campus, it might be off campus, um, but you can use your address in your college community um, to register to vote. Um, it's just really important to make sure everybody knows that you cannot vote in both places. So the important thing is to choose one or the other um, to register in that one, um, and then follow all the steps we've talked about to make sure that you're vote ready um, and, and get your vote in. And my next question is for Becky. What should I expect on my ballot as a nonpartisan voter at the primaries? Sure. Um, nonpartisans will have a nonpartisan ballot. Uh, it will have the nonpartisan races, for instance, the legislature. Um, they can also request a congressional uh, ballot that is partisan. Uh, statute requires that everyone be all nonpartisans are allowed to vote congressional ticket ticket. So this year it will be the House of Representatives for all of them. In addition, political parties can notify the Secretary of State if they would like to allow nonpartisans to vote the rest of their primary races. Uh, the political parties that have chosen to do that this year are the Democratic Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Legal Marijuana Now Party. Cool. Yeah, I know that the questions come up about that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, so now you know what to expect on your ballot if you're marked as a nonpartisan. Um, my last question is about current or formerly incarcerated Nebraskans. So can I vote if I'm currently or was formerly incarcerated? If you, are, uh, if you have a felony, 
um, and you have served your time, and including any parole or probation, then you are then eligible to register to vote. After two years, after right? two years, yes. Two years two off years papers. After. Thank you. Yeah. And anything to add, Heather, on what if I'm currently incarcerated but don't have a felony? Yes. So you still have that right to vote. If you do not have a felony conviction, you have that right to vote even while being incarcerated. Um, understandably, it is a little bit more difficult. There are some more barriers to that. I know that there are some groups that actively work um, to connect with folks that are incarcerated that wish to exercise their right to vote um, and to make that happen with the county election offices as well. Um, so I would really recommend making sure that everybody knows that. Um, the history of voting rights we know has been kind of all over the place when it comes to being able to vote, um, depending on having a felony conviction. Um, it's a great thing that we only have that two-year waiting period, but it's also important to know that un until you have a felony conviction, you still have that right to vote. Right, exactly. Um, so a lot of what I've read, uh, especially from the ACLU, is that you can use your booking number and uh, the address of the, uh, the jail of where you're at to vote by mail. Um, so make sure that you're informing yourself if this is your case. Becky, Heather, is there anything else that you'd like to add on making a voting plan or any other information that voters should know? Mostly just want to encourage everyone to get out and vote, exercise their right in our democracy. Yeah, I definitely echo that. I just, again, want to highlight the Nebraska Voter Check um, portal. You can also just Google Nebraska Voter Check um, and find that .gov website um, to really make use of checking your polling place, tracking your ballot, and making sure your registration is up to date. Even if you already are registered, if you've had an address change or a name change um, or might want to change your party affiliation, any of those pieces, um, you can look that up, make sure it's up to date, make sure you're ready to go. Um, and then again, a reminder, we have our election protection hotline there to help everybody. Um, and Civic Nebraska, we also have an election protection program. You might see volunteers at your polling place doing nonpartisan poll observation. Um, we just want to make sure that everything is ADA accessible and that we're there um, as a resource if voters um, are seeking assistance or have any issues arise. Yeah, and now that you mention it, yeah, if you um, have a language barrier, you can bring a friend or, you know, a family member um, to help you while marking your ballot. And Heather, you brought up a really good point. If you aren't sure um, if, you know, your registration is up to date, Becky, is there a limit on how many times you can register to vote? No, there is not. People move all the time, so they need to be able to change their registration. Right. So re-registering doesn't hurt anything. Um, so make sure that if you're not sure, re-register. And then you'll know for sure that you can vote in the primaries um, and in the general. So again, the primary election will take place on May 10th and the general election will be on November 8th. We hope that this has helped you create your voting plan for the upcoming elections. Please share your voting plan with us on your socials with the hashtag seat at the Nebraska table. Thank you for joining us, Heather Engdahl and Becky Gaston-Weiss, and for taking a seat at the Nebraska table. I'm Karina Hernandez. We'll see you next time. And thank you for being a voter. Seat at the Nebraska Table is brought to you by KZUM. Funding for this podcast was provided in part by Humanities Nebraska and the National Endowment for the Humanities as part of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021.